All right. Hello and welcome to the Identity Podcast here. I am your co-host, Caleb Wong, along with my fellow and lovely co-host, Tarek. How's it going, Tarek? How are you doing? Here? I'm doing well, man. We're all here. The gang's here. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Scooby-Doo and the gang, you know? The- hey, man. Going to solve some mysteries <laughs> <laughs> I look like Shaggy, so it works out. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you for everyone for tuning in to the Identity Podcast. Not only is it a an Identity Podcast episode, but it's a pretty special episode at that. It is part one for On Religion Series finale. We are so excited to kick things off um, with, with such a, to kick, well, the end of January off and to kick off or to recap and, and end this amazing series that has definitely changed our lives. Um, Tarek and I, I know it's definitely made things kind of, kind of crazy, but just amazing. And it's, it's been a series that we never thought would be as uh, heralded as it has become, but in reality, it has really turned into something beautiful. And I have to be very gracious for the next two episodes for everything that, that has occurred. But these three guests, that are on this evening's show um, have made waves in in their fields of occupation and what they do for a, for a living. What 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 they do in general as human beings. They they have made waves and they have done amazing things for their religions, for their spirituality, just for who they are. And I'm so excited to welcome them once again back onto the show and to also simply just to have them here and to be able to recap on everything and discuss. Um, what's to come so thank you the three of you how are how is everyone doing ira ivy sidra how's everyone doing i'm good excited to be back good to see you guys yeah i'm so excited it's gonna be a lot of fun <laughs> well it Sidra? is, it is-, <laughs> <laughs> is that is your mic on I think she's on mute. Oh, okay. Wait, so you guys can't hear me? No, we can't hear you at all. And we didn't see your mouth move, so we didn't know. I can see your hands. We found you in spirit. Yeah. (laughs) So she's here. Awesome. (laughs) Well, she's here. This is great. Um, Once again, you're listening to and watching the Identity Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at the Find find Your ID NYC. And also check out our Instagram by the same name and check out our YouTube page, The X Shows. We are live via Facebook and YouTube as we speak. Check us out every Wednesday at 7.15 Eastern Time, our regular time. Of course, this week we are at 8 o'clock and next week we'll be at 9 o'clock as well for our On Religion finales. And check out our podcast as always on Apple Spotify, and just on all streaming platforms. Don't forget to follow us on TikTok, YouTube, and Twitter at The Identity Podcast. And if you love The Identity Podcast and want to sponsor us, well, email, email us at press at findyouridnyc.com. After that mouthful, let's go ahead and get into it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's crazy, but um, uh, someone should sponsor me. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> one day. We're getting there. We're on our way. Well, one day. But- one day. But... <laughs> Go ahead, we Tari. are, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I'm just going to take a little more excitement from Caleb. I mean, <laughs> August is when we started the Identity Podcast, and I'm sure no one knew each other. I didn't even know Caleb at that point. So all of the people here today are here because of the inception of us just saying, like, let's do something during this 2020. Let's try to move forward and create an atmosphere that's healthy. Um, I always make the joke 
that we did not start with spirituality at all. It was actually real estate. But I'm so happy that we've come full circle to kind of see where we are right now. And we have such lovely guests today, all from different walks of life, but I'm sure they share a lot of similarities. So I'm very interested in finding out exactly what those are and maybe maybe we can all help each other get to somewhere great. So I'm very interested in that as well. Um, has anyone actually watched anyone else's episode, by the way? I watched It's okay if you have it. <laughs> it's okay, I don't watch myself either. It's fine. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm but, uh, looking forward to it though. I'm I'm very intrigued with these with these ladies and and everything that you guys do on here. I want to um, have like a binge night and just sort of catch up on everything. It's it's all good stuff. Well, well, Ivy, why don't you give us a little blurb about you know your experience on the show and what's changed and just start us off, um, and then we can all get a little quick bio from everyone. Just yeah. in case anyone else hasn't seen your shows as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It wouldn't hurt to also get just a, a quick bio from everyone and, and to kind of hear what exactly you do and and uh, why you're being featured on the show. Well, yeah. I was on not too long ago. I don't remember the exact date, but I, I want to say was it a month ago, maybe. Um, so just about. Yeah, it, yeah, wow. it wasn't that long ago. But um, you know, I run uh, a school. I run a spiritual school called Ivy League Psychic Academy. You know, it started as a pun and then, it, and then it grew. And now we're, um, you know, training people internationally. And it's about, it's about nine years old. Um, I'm also a pastor of a church uh, that I launched about a month ago as well uh, called Roots Revival Interfaith, focusing on everyday healthy habits, normalizing intuition with uh, a lot of, um, attention paid to astrology, numerology, and intuitive intelligence. And I'm a psychic medium. So that's how all of that started. And that's what I was speaking on when I was here uh, about a month ago. And since then, things have been um, moving. I, I just feel like everything in general is sort of moving in the right direction, you know. So um, I would say like within society, you know, internationally, energetically, uh, interestingly enough, I did uh, a free mini class. I do one free mini class per week called the Quarantine Series since the pandemic hit. Uh, so up on YouTube, I just did one on the Divine Feminine with one of the reverends from my church. And so I feel like everything's sort of been leading, you know, full circle back around to this topic today and things are good. That's beautiful. We're definitely going to come back to the Divine Feminine because I'm sure everyone can definitely say something about that. Does anyone want to go next? Yeah. Gonna go yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. So um my name is Ira. Um <laughs> I feel like Ira just unlocked her superpowers for anyone that didn't see that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my name is Ira and I'm a magician. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh no. Okay. It's okay. Technology um, is you. insane. I I can't. I can't, you guys. This is what is happening. Okay, I'm just gonna hold my hand here. Hold my ring light. Um <laughs> I feel like everyone owns a ring light now because yeah. of all the Zoom stuff. Um, but I guess I found like the cheapest one on Amazon. <laughs> that is yeah, what I'm a, a square light that doesn't sit right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my name is Ira. I'm really great at technology and um yeah, I feel like I hold lots of different titles. Um 
and I like jump around. Like sometimes I'll put more preference on some and then like leave others and then, yeah. Anyways, that's a really long-winded way of saying that I'm a student, I'm a nonprofit founder, I'm an actress, I'm a singer, um, I'm a model, I'm a speaker, I was a title holder with the Miss America organization, um, a whole bunch of things. Right now I feel like I'm focusing on student and actress um, because all of the other titles that I'm used to having can't really happen with this virtual stuff. Um, so that's what I've been trying to figure that out um, and spending a lot of time with school and my faith and yeah, <laughs> figuring out ring lights because apparently I don't know how to do those. And you hold ring lights. There's a lot. <laughs> and, cro and fingers crossed for your uh, audition that you mentioned also <laughs> today too. So yeah. awesome. Thank you. How do I go after all of these amazing women? Like I oh, <laughs> you guys are like some phenomenal women who have achieved <laughs> so much in your life. Like that's amazing, Rachel. Um, I'm just a stay-at-home mom guy, <laughs> and I just recently, um, not few, like a few months ago, oh, my name is Sidra, Sidra Ashraf, and I'm not good with technology either, Ira, so don't worry, <laughs> and um, yeah, so I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I recently, a few months ago, started TikTok, and YouTube, and Instagram, and my whole journey is about clearing up misconceptions that people have about Islam, and Nikabi is the woman who wailed themselves because there's so many misconceptions. I'm sure you guys can relate to them in every religion and every culture. People are like really narrow-minded sometimes. So I'm just clearing those misconceptions out and been really successful with that. And I'm really enjoying that. So that's where I'm headed now. I'm not a founder of anything, but you guys are amazing. <laughs> and wow, like really, really, really good. That's all. <laughs> Well, you're you're along this panelist as well, Sidra, and we're just so happy to have you as well. And you're doing a lot of fun stuff too. Never knock one of the biggest <laughs> divine aspects of the fact that you have brought in procreation into this world. So let's be honest, like I, you know, as a male, like, I can't even fathom. But um, so yeah, I I'm I'm excited. I'm you know, we can take the floor from there. I think um, we can kind of just talk about maybe what were you feeling before you jumped on the podcast, like. I kind of want to go through like a bit of like the origin of where everyone kind of had this inception, spiritual enlightenment, where they are now. And then we can talk into much bigger topics like the idea of divine feminine, which I'm sure everyone wants to get into. So um, how did you start? How did every, how did this all begin? Ivy has one of my favorite uh, origin stories because it's like almost like a movie. So do, do you want to start? Ivy? No, sure. So, um, you know, for me, I was, born uh we talk about born intuitives and then we talk about people who you know sort of like well, what's the alternative well people who train you know people who didn't feel that they were tapped into it until they did you know approximately five years of training and and uh you know you spend thousands and thousands of dollars you go off to hawaii something like that and so that was never part of my story um i do believe that everyone is born with intuition psychic mediumistic and empathic intuition so i think all of that is a big myth and um, my life really displayed that. So I was born uh, intuitive and I was able to communicate with, uh, you know, mostly my grandmother. She had a stroke and 
she was trapped in this hospital bed for about 27 years. And so she couldn't speak. She couldn't feed herself. She couldn't get up to go to the bathroom, you know, none of that. And um, we would go to the infirmary to see her. And uh, I was able to communicate with her telepathically. And from being in the infirmary for so long, it turned into this um, heightened empathic ability uh, where I was able to then communicate with other people telepathically, other people at the hospital and then people on the streets and then people at my school. And uh, that really converted itself after her passing when I was six years old into more of the mediumship. So I just continued to communicate with her telepathically like she had never passed. So it was always building and it was uh, some, you know, acknowledged in my family. I'm Taino Arawak, a Puerto Rican uh, native and uh, the rest of my family is from France. Uh, so there was a lot of Catholic influence, though. And so there was a lot of, you know, don't talk about this stuff at school. I went to Catholic school for a while. It was, uh, you know, this is considered bad. But at home, we all just knew it. We all understood that uh, energy never dies. When family members would pass away, they continued to communicate from the other side. And it was really cool. And so um, I really rebuked a lot of that, that idea of being told that, um, it was bad in some way or that it was only Jesus that was allowed to communicate with the spirits and that it's only the priest at church that is allowed to do that. If anybody else does it, you know, you're you're toying with the devil. I just didn't believe that because every spirit that I was communicating with, for the most part, uh, was helping me. And when I was 15, I was in a grocery store shopping and um i was you know on my own at that point i had my own apartment and was trying to make a life for myself and there was a medium there from a, a spiritualist town called lilydale in new york it's a community of psychic mediums she was following me through the grocery store and she was behind me in line and she said are you aware that you have the ability and i said not really i know something's going on but i don't do what you guys can do uh, I can't sit down and give a reading. And she said, yes, you can. And she said, um, you know, she wanted to train me. And so her idea of training me was just having me sit down in front of someone I didn't know and open my mouth. And when I did that, it just all came out. I knew about the past, the present, the future. I was channeling this guy's uh, spirit loved ones. Um, it went on for about 45 minutes. I was absolutely shocked that I was capable of doing that. And so I spent the last, you know, 25 plus years trying to figure out how that happened. I designed a system called the PSC method, the psychology of spirit communication method, where I now train people in how to do it. And from the very first class, people give a reading at the end for about five minutes and anybody can do it. Wow, that's awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah, you agree, right, Sidra? It's like yeah, an amazing, amazing thing. Um, how, how have how have you? I mean, I know you spoke earlier, Sidra, about um, maybe your family and even um, marriage had kind of put you into a specific space. But I'm specifically targeting kind of the contrarian ideas that you kind of started to in, in, uh, inhabit, basically, as um, in your basic your divine feminine. So how did how did that start? How did what start? Oh, did you hear me? Yeah, sorry. sorry. It was cutting no off worries. A basically, basically, just wanted to know. Um, I know that you were basically born um, into Islam, right? Right. Right. 
So I was wondering, um, because we obviously had you on the show and you, you highlighted a lot of things that I, a lot of women in Islam probably weren't necessarily thinking about or doing at the time. So when did that begin for you? Um, it was after my, um, the main thing began when my dad passed away. Mm -hmm. um, that was like a huge shock for me because he was my life and my dad, he was everything to me. He was my beginning and my ending because mm -hmm. like I knew God existed at that moment. I knew God created me, but to me, especially like my God and my world was my dad. It was nothing beyond that. So like when he passed away, it got me thinking like that he's so powerless in the way that he could be taken away by someone else. So then I just started looking more into my religion, started looking you into my Sorry. Sorry. I was it's just it was really loud here. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, it was just that whole thing about where did I come from? Where do we go? And like, you know, life's a big question. What is the purpose of living? Why are we here? So I just started questioning that and looking more into why Islam is the right religion because just because I was born into it doesn't mean it's the right because every religion like promises salvation and paradise, right? So yeah. who's to say Islam is the right religion, right? Because there's so many more. So then I just did more and more research into that. And yeah, Islam did end up like speaking to me and it felt right to me. So that was my whole journey of how I came back to Islam and started learning more about my being. And that's been, that happened when I was 21 and I'm like almost 30 now. So almost nine years, nine oh or so God. years. And it's, it's been really amazing. And then the whole platform of TikTok um, I think I mentioned it last time. I started as a mommy channel. I didn't even start with the whole Islam thing because to me, like this journey was special, but I really didn't think others would find it as special as I do. So that's why I was just like, I became a new mommy and I just wanted to share like my mommy tips with the world. But then when I went online, all people saw was this. And they had, right. <laughs> they had a lot I'm of questions. They're like, oh, I <laughs> I was gonna ask, like, where did you come up with the idea of Ninja Mommy? I guess I didn't get a chance to ask that last um, episode. <laughs> oh man, that was a heated subject in my household because I oh, hated that name. My mother-in-law hated that name. <laughs> um, basically, Ninja is like an insult that people use against girls who wear the niqab. Ah. And what I like to do, I like to take that insult and twist it. So, like, you know, if you make fun of your own self, then no one else can. So that was the whole thing. So I was like, you know what? I am a ninja. Ninjas are pretty cool. Like I wish I was a ninja, you know? So this whole, like it's a play on words with ninja and then I'm a mommy, so ninja mommy. <laughs> right, that's awesome, that's yeah. awesome. But then when I um, started, people just focused on this and they're like, why do you wear this? Uh, why don't you remove the curtain off your face? And I was like, hold up. <laughs> so I just made a video and I removed the actual curtain from my window <laughs> <laughs> and that video was the start of like people are like okay she's funny maybe she's like you know she can educate us on Islam and then just people started asking me questions about it and that's how this whole journey started and yeah now I'm almost at like 700k on TikTok which is like or actually I'm almost at 800k on TikTok wow. we got like YouTube going we have like Instagram going and it's amazing and there's so many people that came up to me that told me they brought that i brought them back to their faith or they converted to islam and i was like i was at that point where they are now where i had a lot of questions and somebody answered those for me and now i am that platform for them which is just yeah it's amazing <laughs> i'm gonna try now. <laughs> it's awesome. an emotional journey for me it's really emotional yeah. and it all leads back to like my dad and 
Yeah. And I always say, like, I love my dad so much, but if I had to lose my dad a million times to gain what I have gained now with Islam, I'll do it in a heartbeat. Wow. Which is a big statement to make, but it's true. It is. That is a big one. Yeah. I think, uh, wow. Again, we've seen death <laughs> as a transformative experience. We'll definitely um, revisit that for sure. Um, mm -hmm. You know who's next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that made me really emotional. Yeah. <laughs> I was like here in the corner tearing up. Um, <laughs> well, my journey is definitely not as cool as these two ladies. Um, <laughs> so I grew up in a small town in Indiana um, as a Muslim woman, but I wasn't like, I wasn't practicing. Like I was, I guess I should say Muslim girl because I like, I was little, I was like five and I lived there until I was like 14, 15. Um, so growing up in that town, you know, you go to school and everyone around you is white and they all go to the same church on Sundays and you know they have all their things and and for holidays we you know we don't have any jewish holidays off or any like islamic holidays off it's all like the christian holidays like you, you don't go to school like the week before easter or like the week before christmas um and then if you wanted to like get a day off for like your specific holiday it was kind of like not excused not really heard of and like it was that extra step that like no one really wanted to take if they were different in that town. Um, it was a really small town. So like everyone kind of knew who you are and what you were up to. Um, so I always had this sense that I was different, but I didn't really know like what it was um, until, well, <laughs> well, okay. In, in elementary schools in America, obviously like when 9-11 comes around every year, they have that talk with kids and it's, it is really important because, um, you know, even as a Muslim, like I consider my identity to first be American because this is where I was born. Um, so I obviously find it really important to have these conversations, um, and to educate people on like what happened. But I think that, um, it's, it's, it's interesting because teachers in certain places can take those types of conversations and like twist them um, to fit their own sort of agenda. And being in, a, in an all white Christian town that was very patriotic and very like, we're Americans, we don't really welcome anybody else and we don't consider anyone else who doesn't look like us to be Americans. Um, so, you know, I started having those, those altercations that a Muslim, person does have on 9-11. Um, obviously, a lot of other people have had it worse because I don't outwardly look like a Muslim woman or what people think a Muslim woman is, but they knew because it's a really small town again. Um, so having grown up in that and then coming to San Francisco, moving to San Francisco in high school, um, suddenly I went to school every day and, you know, like there was there was not a single person there who looked the same like every it was just like a rainbow of people and it was so fun to see um but that's when i was like whoa i like was really really different from like these are two different things and i definitely was like the odd one out in indiana um not in indiana but in that town um 
And so being in San Francisco, I'm like, hey, I don't really want people to go through what I did um, in elementary school. I know I obviously can't make a big impact because I'm a high schooler in California. Um, but I knew that it was important to me that, you know, whoever would listen would be impacted in some way. Um, so I started this nonprofit, Save Social Advocacy for Equality, and it's basically an educational tool um, for schools to use. Um, it started out as me showing up to schools, giving presentations, um, kind of doing this whole destigmatization um, with kids. And I found that a lot of kids, like especially on the younger side, don't really see differences as much. Um, it's harder for them to identify like why someone is different from them. So I wrote this book with my nonprofit and with um, kind of my team on the nonprofit it's called Magnificently Different. Um, and it, it's, it's the book that I started taking to these presentations when it was just me um, doing this type of stuff. And then I was able to go to the Capitol in California, in Sacramento, um, and I proposed five legislations to the California Senate and Assemblies on Education. Um, and it was with a group, but the one that I really focused on was um, uh, bringing in a newcomer program into uh, California public schools. So what a newcomer program is, is um, each school is supposed to have them and um, Basically, it's immigrant students, first-generation students, any students who don't have um, a traditional upbringing. It's a space for them to come and work on their English or um, you know, like work on assimilation techniques and like work on like work on have a community in their school to where they know that they're not alone um, and can really assimilate into their school and into their community. Um, that was great, I love that. And then when I went to um, propose that, the group that I was with, a lot of them showed interest in my nonprofit. And so I started taking them on to my nonprofit. And now we have a whole bunch of representatives all over the country, which is a lot of fun. Um, but it's been interesting because not only am I a student, but I'm also an entertainer and a performer. Uh, so I've been trying to find ways to integrate that into my career and what I want to do um, because I, I love working with kids. It's a lot of fun, um, but I'm seeing a lot of a lot of problems with the entertainment industry, especially this past year. Um, there's a whole a whole lot of actually <laughs> quite the contrary. There's not a lot of representation at all in the industry. Um, the standard is basically still your your five two, 105 pound blonde girl. And she's always gonna be your ingenue. She's always gonna be your lead role. Um, and more often than not, she'll be cast in roles that, that might suit a person of color better or might be stories for people of color. Um, so I'm trying to find a way to transition um, into the entertainment industry and um, try to see if, if we can work with certain actors unions to create some kind of mandates um, when it comes to casting and people of color on entertainment teams. So yeah. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, I guess we're just gonna open up the floor a little bit um, so that everyone can kind of talk and maybe make it more of like a, uh, not necessarily a debate, but everyone can kind of have something to weigh in on each other's thing. Um, my question that kind of was brought up was, and this actually, um, this is Sidra's question. We've been using your question, by the way. I meant to tell you this uh, for like a couple of episodes. Um, and it is, if I quote her correctly, it's what common misconceptions have you had about Muslim women is what her question was originally. But I'm, I'm curious about what common misconceptions have you broke through and that most people have had about you? And maybe you guys can kind of share some thoughts on that. Um, well, I'll go ahead and start. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. What common misconceptions have you broke through? Well, on a daily basis, I complain about this. So I know there's still so much more to be done. But, you know, here's a great example. Like, I just even yesterday was complaining about this, and then it happened three more times today, you know. Um, and so my assistant has to deal with all that because I, I can't deal with the public or I won't be able to show up and do what I do. I'll lose my mind. So I just tend to not deal, you know, with the public as much as possible. But, um, you know, I did have a client, uh, even, you know, yesterday who booked the reading with me and spent the money and scheduled it and was willing to spend the time and said to me about her own intuitive abilities at her job, seeing spirits, well, she works in a hospital, people are dying, that's not uncommon to, you know. She said, I things like, I know I sound ludicrous, and I promise you I'm not insane, and I know this is ridiculous, but, and I'm ashamed I won't say this to anyone else, she's afraid with penalties of like mental health and, you know, being labeled as, uh, you know, mentally ill and, um, that she's ridiculous, you know, socially and is out of her mind and should be mis deserves a mislabeling like that. And people just say that to me every day, you know, come to me for help yet offend me in, you know, their, their approach. And you have to just sort of, mm -hmm, okay, this is where we are still. I acknowledge that. Um, and it opens up a lot of wounds because, you know, my degree was in journalism, watchdog journalism. I planned on um, going and working in that field. And, and when I came out to to offer readings and healings to the public, um, I was cut out entirely. I suffered horribly for that. Uh, the, the fact that you can't come out of the closet, you know, in this field and be respected. You're not only disrespected as like, um, you know, you're a social outcast, but you're seen as having mental illness. And then, um, you know, you're also uh, not credible in any way because you're considered fraudulent. Like you're taking advantage of people, you're stealing from people, you're trying to con them. There are just so many negative stereotypes associated with spiritual work. And I'm not saying it hasn't been abused in some areas. There are always people in a group that will abuse any area. But, uh, you know, I just had to decide that I'm tuning out and that I'm going to focus on what I'm here to do, to be of service. And I am going to um, plow through those misconceptions uh, by talking about uh, the normalization of intuition and how everybody has these abilities. So if you're going to point the finger at somebody else, you better be ready to point the finger back at yourself because you have this too. We all do. 
And I just, uh, you know, I'm encouraging more and more people to come out and, and understand that if we stand together, it's not weird anymore. It's just normal to have dreams and analyze dreams and have premonitions and have some gut instincts and have spirits that want to communicate with us, you know, especially our loved ones. And especially with things like COVID going on, so many people have passed. And uh, don't we want to keep in touch? You know, what is so bad about this? And, you know, there are right ways to do it and there are wrong ways to do it for sure. But um, I forgot what I was talking about. I forgot what the question was. <laughs> was it originally something you've overcome or something like that? Something so, like that. <laughs> I don't know. But that, that's, that's, I think, you know, for me anyways, where we are right now is like, and I feel this with, with both of you ladies and where you're talking, we've got so far to go, you know, but we really are in sort of the heat of the moment. There's so much awakening going on right now in, in all of these areas. This is such an opportune time to take advantage and to speak and to be heard, you know, whereas before it was like just brushed off. I just feel like, you know, constantly being brushed off. So we're getting there. <laughs> I, I forget. <laughs> no, that was great. Does anyone else have something to add? I could go about my misconception that I had. But um, before I do that, like, I'm really glad, um, Ivory, that you are clearing the misconception that people have about, like, psychics or spiritual people thinking that they're ludicrous or they're crazy or, or thinking it's just a hoax. But I think it's amazing that you're, like, clearing that misunderstanding for people. And it's really important. People should know because you're really passionate about what you believe in and what you do. And it shows. And more power to you, girl. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, definitely. That's um, what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> keep going. My biggest misconception um, that I had, that I still have, that I still deal with, that I'm still clearing up is oppressed. The Muslim women are oppressed. They're run by, like, they're ruled by men and they don't have any rights and they're oppressed or they're brainwashed and they don't have a mind of their own to think for themselves. And Saudi Arabia, the way Saudi Arabia does things, isn't helping either. So um, a lot of people think that countries represent Islam, which is not true. So I have broken that in so many ways. I've done it through humor. I've done it through education. And me being my authentic self out there, showing my true identity out there in the world, putting it out there, people are realizing that, hey, Muslim women are not just oppressed, soft-spoken women that are just going to sit in their home and, like, cook and clean and be, like, you know, really like submissive to their husbands like that's not what islam is all about i as a fully covered woman can still go and do things out there that any other woman can do and i'm on live right now on tiktok with my followers and i was just telling them when ira was speaking that look muslims come in all shapes and sizes and from all ways of life and we have Tariq here we have ira here and we have citra here we have a fully covered Muslim woman. We have a fully uncovered Muslim woman. And we're both empowered in our own ways. And that's what Islam is all about. It's not about oppression. So, yeah. And oh, I think I've done a really good job of clearing that out. <laughs> yeah. <That's beautiful>. <laughs> I love that so much because that is definitely another misconception is that it, it does. it's not even just with Islam, I feel like it's with anyone. A lot of people are so quick to box you into a certain type of identity, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> which is so weird because like, who is creating these stereotypes? Like who says that certain people have to look or act or dress a certain way to be a certain type of person? 
So I love that. I think I love that because a lot of people, when I'm like, I'm Muslim, they're like, wait, but you don't look oppressed. And I'm like, okay, so let's unpack that. What do you mean by look oppressed? Like, what do you mean by that? Um, so it's very, it's interesting because, yeah, I, I love that. I love that so much, everything you just said. And you just keep going, Ara, because I've been where you are right now, where I didn't used to cover my hair. I never used to wear this. I used to dress however I want. And whenever I would go somewhere and I would have to pray or whatever, right? I'd be like, can I pray? And they're like, you, you're going to pray? Are you even a Muslim? And it's so like, you know, it's crazy to think that, okay, there's only one type of Muslim. There is a, there's like, it's like a spectrum for me. It's like on the rainbow. We are yeah. all coming from different ways of life. We have so many different ways of practicing as well. Like we have the fundamental beliefs and all, but like, we're all Muslims at the end of the day. If you say the Shahada, if you say the La ilaha, you're a Muslim. And no one, no one, don't let anyone else tell you otherwise. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> Ninja mommy. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I guess, I guess, it's, oh, go ahead, Caleb. You got, you got a note? Oh, no, I was just. You grabbed the mic like you were going to do something. <laughs> I'm just getting in the zone, you know? <laughs> I, I wanted to, let's let's tackle. We're at, we're at uh, 37 minutes right now. So let's tackle the big one. I mean, what is the divine feminine? And what does it mean to everyone? What does that mean to you? What does it mean to be in your highest self personally? And what do you think that, like, where women are going um, in the future? And anyone can take that one. I, <laughs> I appreciate that you like when I call on you, but it's like we're all we're all here. Like if you have something to say, say it, you know. I mean that's the that's the first time I haven't really heard of the divine feminine before. Okay. So I'm I'm interested to actually learn here. Awesome. Awesome. You know, Ivy's like, I'll wait. Well, I thought I was gonna, but I literally just did a class on this like a couple days ago. So Definitely um, check out her class, by the way. Uh, yeah, uh, so on YouTube at Ask Ivy, I did, uh, it's called Divine Femin Feminine, and I did it with um, Reverend uh, Danny Johnson, who is, uh, you know, so social rights uh, activist, and uh, we work together also, you know, at the church, Roots Revival Interfaith, the church um, I started, so she's one of my reverends. Well, we spoke on not only the Divine Feminine in the sense that everyone has feminine and masculine energies, right? And if we only tap into the masculine, we're only going to have war and testosterone and a lot of, you know, push and, and a lot of overtaking. And when we tap into, you know, and that power is a value. That is a tremendous value. We need that. There's a reason it's there. But when it's imbalanced, it can be super toxic. And when we, you know, focus more on uh, a balance with the masculine and feminine, then we're tapping into of intuition and wisdom and kindness in community and the power of the feminine throughout time uh, was something we spoke about uh, it being also revolutionary and bringing its own, you know, warlike agenda. It's not that women never fought, you know, it was that women, um, I want to say, brought power and resolution and kept it as a last resort. It's not your go-to. You know, not reactionary energy. It's you wait, and if you have to fight, then you fight. So we were speaking on things like that uh, and the concept that, uh, you know, sort of toxic masculinity, uh, white male privilege, and, you know, all of this. It's sort of everything's coming to a head right now. And 
we see that too with the astrology of 2021, you know, and um, Aquarius energy and things like this, getting back in touch with the divine feminine. So it's not only each individual, whether you're identifying as a male or a female, that you need to sense both uh, within yourself. But we were also talking about um, how we're sort of coming back, you know, as a people internationally, we're coming back to a time when we recognize all of the benefits, all of the prosperity that we have because of powerful women and how they aren't just submissive, which is funny that we were even just talking about that a minute ago, right? Um, but we're, we're uh, sort of shattering those concepts because I use the example of um, Harriet Tubman. You know, I went and recently I traveled uh, out past her grave and I stopped and I channeled Harriet Tubman at her grave. And uh, I said, what do you want to say to people? And she was talking about goals and fighting for those goals and keeping them in mind all the time or else you deteriorate. And it was this amazing conversation I had with her. And then later that night, I saw some interview footage, uh, footage, you know, it was a, like a piece written on her uh, that I had never heard before where she was talking about how she never makes a move regardless of what she had logically planned out, regardless of where the stars and the moon was, and when she was supposed to go and help these slaves get free, she never made a move until her gut intuition or spirit told her to go. And that if those people, if anybody stepped out of line, she would threaten. She would threaten to wipe them out if she had to. She would basically attack. If that's what needed to be done to preserve the greater good for the movement. And so we were just discussing how we're coming into a place now where that divine feminine strength, right, and wisdom and community is taking over in 2021. And so, um, yeah, and I guess that's as far as what it means to me, it's, well, when we talk about intuition and things like this, uh, you know, that is typically associated with the feminine. So I feel like I'm just always channeling that energy. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's, I was quite, I, was, I didn't know that. I definitely didn't know that about Harriet Tubman at all. Yeah. Um, wipe you out. Yeah. I guess she would. Sounds, it sounds <laughs> a little bit kind of like, it, I'm, so, I'm sorry. It sounds a little bit like there's a balance between her masculine and feminine energy yeah. as well. Um, for her to be willing to kind of do something, I guess, so cutthroat, quote unquote, mm -hmm. uh, to move forward with that. Um, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I know. Oh, yeah. Go on. Okay. No, no, you're fine. Uh, fun fact, you know, to add on to that with Harriet Tubman, uh, a lot of people um, who heard about these stories and then heard heard about um, her tr having, you know, trusting her gut and um, and everything, people didn't believe it for the longest time. Um, people thought it was fake or thought that she was acting for a while as well. And I do know that um, her and her family actually called it um, God speaking to her is basically what it was. Um, she would just have these these little moments or, or as they would call it spells almost um, where they would where she, maybe she's in the middle of of, um, of the the process for the underground railroad and, and trying to rescue slaves and she would all of a sudden kind of have this 
this moment where she'd realized, oh, we shouldn't go this way. We should go to the left or, or we should um, hide out for a little bit or anything like that. And it would always work. Um, and that's why she never had, uh, she always had a successful mission. And it, it just shows, you know, um, something like that. I, I think it goes with the misconceptions. And it also shows, uh, as we've been talking about, this divine feminine. Um, it's it's fascinating to hear about Harriet Tubman and so many more um, iconic um women who, who have just done amazing things in our world. But little little fun fact for you. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, do, do you ladies want to say anything or? Speechless. Speechless? Oh, that's good, I think. <laughs> I didn't know about this. I, I learned about Harriet um, Tubman in school and stuff, but then I completely forgot all about it until now. So it's pretty interesting. I just learned something new again. Again. No. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Oh, I thought I was mute. There was an awkward pause. There was an awkward pause. I, I was like, you're all expecting someone else to talk. And so no, I, I was going to say something, but I think I really was on mute. It was me. I was going to say, um, um, Sidra, with you being a mother, how have you actually had to, um, I don't know, express more uh, of, of a protector uh, type energy or maybe nurture type energy? Um, as well as I always bring up the, the note of a of, of how um, there was this lioness that like lost her cub or something and like searched all through Africa and found it. I don't I can't bring in the specific story or anecdote with that one. Or maybe um, one time where this um, this young lady's uh, baby had kind of like rolled under a car and she lifted it up to grab it. Don't ask how it started to roll. That's not part of the story. The point is, is that she lifted up the car and an adrenaline type of thing. So I'm curious to see how have you been able to kind of um, almost embrace more of your um, your your womanness? Is that a word? Is that offensive? Um, after becoming a mother, um, it's changed completely. Like I do feel really, really strong. And I feel like I could just, yeah, I could lift the car too if I had to. Because when it comes to protecting your own, it's just, Alessa um, Manazala just gives you this immense amount of power and strength to do things. Like, it reminds me of the story of Hajra. Um, she was one of the really pious women. And her son, Prophet Ismail, it's the story of that. And um, I'm not sure if it's in the Bible, but in Islam, her son, Prophet Ismail was really thirsty and there was no water to be found. So she just went seven times back and forth between these huge valleys. It's like from one peak to the other, like seven times just searching for water for her son. And then God made it where wherever the Prophet Ismail was kicking his legs, he gushed water through it. And that's known as the famous Zamdam, um, well of Zamdam in Saudi now that still exists today and it's never ending. So. That was the strength of a mother. So mm -hmm. for me, like mothers in Islam, oh my God, they're able to like do so much, so much. We're able to, the whole thing about just giving birth, it's just miraculous because you're, every time a woman goes into labor and gives birth, she's putting her life in literal danger. Like it could go either or 50-50, right? So the fact that a woman is able to give birth is such a huge divine feminine ability that like men can never ever like experience it's something so special for us. And even if the woman doesn't give birth, like just 
even if the woman is not a mother, she still has so much like strength in her. Like we're emotionally stronger than you guys. Sorry, guys, that's just how it is. But... <laughs> hey, that's what we're here for. That's what we're so, here yeah. to talk about. Indeed. Being a mother is amazing. Like it, it really just you don't know what true love is until you become a parent. I'd say. Mm-hmm. And okay. a father's love, I feel like, is conditional. <laughs> I feel like it's conditional, but. I feel like a mother's love is unconditional. A mother could truly, truly, like, yeah. I know it's a very controversy statement. That no, I, I think <laughs> so. You know, if they don't get the trash out, they're out. No, I'm joking. Like, oh. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like this famous story um, that there is this one kid, and when he grew up, he took his mom for like the holy pilgrimage, and he took her on her shoulders, on his shoulders. And then he did the whole holy pilgrimage. This is really hard to do. And then he talks to God. He's like, God, have I fulfilled my favors that my mom has done upon me? And God's like, you haven't even fulfilled the one pain that she felt when she was giving birth to you. So the favors that a mother has on their children is just immaculate. And the strength that it takes for a woman to just do all that, it's just amazing. Yeah. Thanks, mom. <laughs> our, our navels are all connected to these these much bigger, um, you know, larger schemes of women. Um, even down to the Amazonian women and the matriarchs of old, I still very much believe that God's a woman and this type of idea. But um, I think that a lot of it has has to do with um, the nine months and these 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 processes of like being connected and living literally inside of someone. Um, emotionally and spiritually, like how deep that can be. You know, I, I think that's so beautiful for sure. But it's also kind of, um, I guess I, I I guess we always highlight that. We highlight that in a lot of religions. Like you, you made note of how they're able to create a home and nurture and also make, you know, um, yeah, make people feel great. <laughs> These moms are great. Um, um, so there's, there's that aspect, but I also, and this is kind of, um, I can bring Ira in with this one too. Um, you've also kind of broken these boundaries, and it's something that uh, Ivy speaks on all the time about kind of what's going on specifically now in the present tense of how not only do you have these abilities, but you're breaking boundaries that may be more tapping into what Ivy may describe as the divine masculine, where you're able to kind of go out there and do your own business and, and make your own TikTok. You know, I mean, I know you felt a little um, sad earlier part of this episode when you talked about being a mother, but who knew that this was actually going to be super exonerated throughout this episode. So never feel down Sidra for that. Right. Um, but um, Ira um, is breaking boundaries, not only as a, as a Muslim woman, but also breaking them into like the entertainment world, which is heavily male dominated. So I was curious to see like, where do you see women in the future or where do you see your higher uh, self or like kind of like, you know, starting your own business and not-for-profits, all this other stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, I think this is fascinating because um, not only do you see it in so many different industries, but you see it in the media that we consume. Like, I'll take Broadway as the example because that's what I'm working in. Um, But from the start of Broadway, the character archetype is that there's going to be Ugh, like a, a young ingenue woman who needs to be saved and like her her one purpose in the show is to be fulfilled or found by her male opposite or her romantic male lead. Um, and so it's interesting. And in, in a lot of shows up until recently, those are the dynamics that you'll see. Um, 
which I've always found really interesting because women are anything but I mean there are some women who do find like true fulfillment with that but also like I've met more women who find fulfillment in their personal career or other things that don't involve a romantic partner um and I've always wondered why feminine and energy was equated to like softness and like daintiness and 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 being this like soft energy where the male one is I guess as Ivy would say like war and and angst <laughs> so I I've always wondered like why that is because if anything like women phys if they choose to go through so much physical turmoil that I would associate like that <laughs> that like war type of energy with them like I don't I don't understand <laughs> I love Citra's response to that. She's just like, yeah, thank that you. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, even down to the warrior class of just like, there were women in wars and like they were kicking dudes' butts, you know? Um, mm -hmm. At the end of the day, if I am going to call someone to save me, it's probably going to be my mom or like, uh, you know, my partner or something. It's not going to be like me a too. friend <laughs> or a male or something like that. Like, Think about it, like uh, most people either, you know, before their death, this is the end of the spiritual thing. They're either calling on Jesus or Allah or something before they're in the middle of something. And the next person is mom. So like, <laughs> it's definitely, um, you know, it's there's something to it. Um, God, for, um, God rest his soul. Um, even um, George Floyd, you know, this was a big thing that was um, talked about a lot of how he called out for his mother and how that was like such a big thing in our communities because we exonerate our moms and, you know, you know African-American communities and stuff like that. So um, I think that, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to it. And I think what you're doing right now is breaking boundaries. And I don't know if that's going to be forever. Um, we're going to see a lot more softness in males and a lot more uh, strength. And females, I, I could we can definitely project that. I mean, shout out to Kamala Harris and all the stuff mm -hmm. that's been going on with that, too. So, yeah, I, I just yeah, wanted I, to say this on that note, too. Uh, that you know, it's like the divine feminine in the way that you just said in our last moments, right? We call out on God, we call out on our mothers, and that's like what the divine feminine is coming back to do is to basically save us from our own demise right now. So, mm -hmm. this is this is the chapter that we're entering into. It, you know, it's the awakening. People talk about end times, the end of the world. This is the shift that's going and this is where we're moving. And that is leading that energy. You talk about, you know, uh, Kamala and, you know, Biden. I mean, you could see that perfect balance there. You could see it in each one of them individually that enough of the masculine and the feminine. It's perfect. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I think um, you're kind of starting to see this trend um, over the past year or two where we're not only are we allowing more softness in men, but it's it's main, it's mainly breaking that stereotype that men have to be a certain way. And, and same with women as well, that women have to work inside the house and only do certain things while the man brings home the bacon or something like that. It, instead, it's different. I, I love seeing things that, that are saying that the woman can, in fact, be the the head of the house. The woman can bring home uh, the money that the man can sit down and be able to cry, and then the man can can um, be emotional and everything. And that that's something that uh, you know me personally. I'm I'm very open about being a very emotional 
person. If you know me, you know I'm a very emotional person. And I'm very open about that. And I, I was always raised to be that way. And so that that's why um, I'm, I've never... Um, never shied away from that. Uh, my apologies to everyone. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I, I definitely, uh, I definitely, I try, I try to raise that awareness as much as possible for anyone, um, no matter what you identify as, is that to just be yourself. And that's the whole point of this show is identity. It's not only discovering identity and reflecting on who you are, but it's also simply just understanding who you are. And I think that's a, a forgotten thing, an underrated thing about life is that life, we are not only on this journey together and not only are we discovering it and reflecting upon it, but we are constantly just trying to understand it. And without that understanding, where are we? You know, and I, I think each of us, each of us on this call right now, on this, on this show have been able to, at some point in time, understand, reflect, and simply just discover who we are in different capacities. And we're constantly doing it on a daily basis. And that to me is one of the remarkable beauties of what life holds. And so this divine feminine to me is 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 not only a perfect thing to discuss in this recap, and especially with three exceptional women at that, but also something that is just is so big right now in 2021 and especially on inauguration day if you are in the united states you know this is really big with having uh, now vice president kamala harris uh absolutely amazing i definitely cried earlier i hope everyone else did too um it, it was absolutely absolutely amazing uh to witness to witness that on, on television and uh, just just to be with here with you three is is an absolute honor at that. So thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Go yeah, ahead. I mean, I hope no one's bringing home bacon if they're Muslim. By the way, um, <laughs> super haram for that one. Now I'm just bothering you. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll eat the turkey bacon. Yeah, no, I, I think what Caleb said was beautiful. Caleb, that was awesome. about the whole breadwinner thing. I've told my husband once I make it on YouTube and TikTok, he's gonna be the house husband, and I got it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I hear that. You know, in Islam, in Islam, it's like a man's responsibility to provide, but then there yeah. are cases, there are exceptions made as well. So, like my husband, he's like, I would rather be a house husband. I'd rather spend time with my daughter and be with her all day long because he feels that's a harder job, being a full time stay. At home, dad or mom is much harder than what he's doing. He's like, I'm just sitting in front of a computer. You're doing the real work. So he feels more empowered. He is doing this type of work. So you know what? These social norms and these um, gender constructs that people have, we can break them. <laughs> we can break them, indeed. I think one time we actually got a chance to speak. I mean, uh, as we're approaching the hour mark, um, I think um, someone said that you that Muslim women are not allowed to read. I, I forgot what the exact term was they're not allowed to read from the that was you right that was you Ira or no oh someone else. someone someone uh, had spoken about how they were not allowed to read religious texts um, out loud or something like that um, and I know Islam you know out of everyone here I think Sidra you could probably talk to this probably the most I'm just kind of like I know we have gotten past the idea of oppression but I wonder if in the future we were able to kind of Put, I think I think there's a word for a spiritual teacher, and I'm, I'm probably losing a cool guy. That's funny. Um, <laughs> um, the the fact that um, 
Muslim women are not allowed to be spiritual teachers mm. or something like that. I think there's something to that degree. You do you remember Caleb? I think I, I think I'm kind of like uh, scrambling on the actual word. Um, the idea yeah. of what I'm Oh, yeah, you're, mm -hmm. you're close there. Um, I don't remember the exact. I, I do believe it was uh, Mehdi and Mubina who are actually discussing okay. that. We will um, have. I one. do not. I I do not remember exactly what they said though. Um, unfortunately, I was I was just you know as we end, I just want to break past and say that you taught us so much about Islam today, and I I, I definitely exonerate all the stuff. Um, Ira, you taught us so much as well. Ivy as well, and I'm just appreciative of what knowledge you are to bring. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm in awe, I wanna see what's new to come. I mean, I guess everyone can kind of drop what's, what's new, what's, what's, what's on the horizon. 2021 um, plans. Yeah, what's, what's, what's gonna happen, what's, if you don't have anything, that's cool because we, we did just speak, what, months ago at this point? <laughs> but uh, but um, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I feel like we're really off to a good start. I mean, I guess we can do our little tagline right now. We do have merch now, everyone. Uh, we are yep. on a couple, yeah, Caleb can say all the fun stuffs. Um, yep. Yeah, stuff is growing and I'm just, I'm just happy. I'm happy to have you here and I'm happy that you were able to share this podcast with us because again, like I said, when we started in August, it was just me and Caleb and I didn't have a ring light, so. <laughs> <laughs> no comment, right? As mine falls. You know what's so funny? Caleb used to make fun of me because every episode my light would just turn off until I got a better ring light. Randomly. It'd be like right around this time, and it's just like, and we're wrapping up, and then just turns right off. So, so <laughs> it's pretty funny. We've well, changed so much. I, I think it's You're amazing. You guys just started in August. I mean, that right. really like that really just blows my mind because right. there's such an understanding. I feel like you guys just bring such like a, a good, positive, collective vibing energy and an understanding of. Um, you know what it is that you're trying to say or like just show and i just feel like it comes to you you know you're just like manifesting it <laughs> like since august that's pretty mind-blowing so there's um you know almost like a, a, a magnetizing effect going on there um and i for 2021 what i'm looking forward to i just bought an 1800s funeral home uh in upstate new york and I'm just waiting to, you know, get in there and start doing the renovations and things. I want to restore it. And um, there was a, a church, a chapel, you know, built into it. And so I'm doing that. I'm also starting to work with um, some prison systems and um, ex-prisoners and the families with uh, the empathic awareness training that I do, which really focuses on how to properly block your energy so you're not accidentally overabsorbing other people's energy, you know, that makes us sick, causes depression, anxiety, uh, things like that. So I want to see, um, uh, you know, people more empowered when they're in situations like that and out or visiting situations like that um, so that they can own their space better. And, uh, you know, when we have that, we're not only more stable energetically, but we also can more easily tap into our intuition. So, you know, we're not having to go left brain logical and protect ourselves all the time. There's a flow of positive energy there. So um, those are the two big things. I'm, I'm looking forward to moving the church uh, once, you know, COVID has moved out of the way a little bit. And I'm hoping for everybody, I'm seeing more around August 
that we'll see more of this um, and to be able to open the church doors there at the funeral home. So that's my major focus for the year. Wow. Awesome. Shout out to real estate. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Those interest rates are low. No. um, Yep. Yes, they are. Sorry. Shut up, Caleb. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone else? Any good 2020 goals? More stuff coming in? Hopefully you get this audition, right, Ira? (laughs) I think at this point, I'm just focusing on surviving because a lot of people have not survived the past year. So I think think that's where I was, like, New Year's Eve. I saw a lot of people post, like, oh, I did all these awesome things. Like, this is what I did, even in the midst of of a pandemic. And I was, like, kind of down on myself because I was, like, you know, like, I'm a very ambitious and competitive person, so, like, not having accomplished a lot of things in a global pandemic for me was like, how could you do that? Like go start a company, become a CEO, like do something. (laughs) Um, But I had to remember that like surviving and staying safe and keeping my family safe was like a huge feat and a huge, um, I guess, blessing. So I'm hoping to carry that energy into 2021. Um, we'll see. Maybe, maybe things will happen. But with my industry, unfortunately, like not lots of things can even happen, not even virtually. Um, so yeah. we'll see. But I'm excited. Hopefully, 2021 will be like the cap on COVID and the cap on like lots of bad things that happened in 2020, um, and we can we'll move see. forward. <laughs> we will see. Sure. Yeah, and safe. Definitely check out safe and and the book. I was gonna uh, sh- show your book earlier. Plug the um, book. Definitely <laughs> check out the book. Yeah, it's really nice. It's actually. Did you describe it a little bit? I think it's probably like it's it's basically like being a child, and not under like basically teaching children about Islam and how to connect with other people as well. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super yeah, uh, I, I love it because it also it touches on all different types of identities and how you can be different. Um, in lots of different ways. Um, and so it has like the classic storyline of like these three kids who are super quirky and different and have lots of different backgrounds. And then they have the classic bullies. Um, and then I like it cause it ends in like a very wholesome, like everyone understands. <laughs> and that's not really how it is in America. Well, I can hope that, you know, it will get- what I like to think about the future, especially when we put content out, is the fact that what they're consuming is what we're going to be putting out. So we're that transmutation, you know. We are we're kind of that that shift, you know. I've, I've been able to kind of interact with uh, one of my younger cousins who's nine, and he doesn't know who Lady Gaga is, and it made me feel really old. So yeah. uh, <laughs> whatever we put out, you know, within the next especially after years, today, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had no idea. He had to watch the uh, inauguration. And he was like, who is Lady Oh my Gaga? god. I put an H on it or something. Gaga. <laughs> Gaga. It was very funny. But um, um, so um what I just wanted to hint at is like the more we push forward, the more we break these boundaries, it'll be a different world that they grow up in. Just as much as we grew up with like things that uh changed from our grandparents. So, you know, you know, but your book is helpful, believe me, especially if someone's growing up. For sure. <laughs> um, I, I think a lot of times, um, I think you didn't mention it so much in this episode, but you said something about um, how you didn't have that in your childhood and how you kind of had to assimilate and that kind of made you feel uncomfortable and almost made you 
westernize yourself a little bit more. Um, and now, you know, having someone like that book or, you know, just having um, all of these ladies here to support, we have role models, we have icons, you know. Um, so we're going to go through that underground railroad. <laughs> right, Harriet? <laughs> um, so, Cynthia, what's, what's up coming on TikTok? I mean, those followers, can I get some? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> you guys go follow Identity Postcat. <laughs> <laughs> My plans are honestly just focusing on my spirituality. Like Ramadan is just around the corner. So That's I'm going to be preparing for that. That's our little boot camp um, for the rest of the year. So I'm just going to be like get, gearing towards that. It's going to be a, another depressing Ramadan because of COVID. And I just yeah. really want to be over this pandemic because it sucks. Um, yeah. yeah, I do have big plans for TikTok. I do have like other like series coming that I'm going to be thinking about doing. I was thinking about maybe, maybe it was just in the works, like trying to like open my own clothing line, some sort of like modest wear. Um, mm -hmm. It's just an idea at this point. So let's see where that takes me. But other than that, yeah, not really big plans, not much I can do. But yeah, just staying home, staying safe and just educating. Awesome. And your handle again is what, Ninja Mommy? Ninja Mommy on all Ninja platforms. Mommy on all platforms, awesome. Yeah. Definitely will check that out for sure. Yeah, I think, I think we had a conversation earlier, and I, this is the first time I've actually met you uh, visually because I think we were audio last time. Um, and I think I had said, I, I think I asked a comment like, you know, would you be interested in kind of, um, you know, making clothing and or hijabs um, along that? So that'd be pretty interesting too. Um, I know, I know, uh, I don't know if it was last year, or well, I guess last year was 2020, but two years ago that they were coming out with uh, swimsuits, which was a very big, and like a lot of people were like really upset about that. <laughs> and um, some of these Muslim countries, but uh, I think it's very empowering to, to create clothing because clothing has a lot to do with culture and how we represent ourselves. And so, yeah, I think that's awesome. Though. I, think, I oh. think Nike calls it the burkini. Yeah. The burkini, <laughs> wow, now we're getting fans. It's the burkini. <laughs> Nike owned one? Uh, I think so. Or they, own it. they have a hijab though with the Nike logo. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Nike has some form of like yeah. activewear. But yeah, a lot awesome. of people are being um, Muslim friendly. Ira, you're in the entertainment business and I wish you all the best because um, you're going to be a representation for Muslims. And that's really good because you're putting a voice out there for those people who are not, you know, recognized. Like you said, it's heavily white oriented people white race like not no offense Caleb <laughs> but it's all just that one race just you know taken over and I love that you're trying to represent different different identities into there so keep going Thank and you. I agree with your like church opening I wish you all the best for all your future plans as well you seem like an amazing amazing human being and I'm, it's just been an honor guys to meet all of you once again I'm really happy <laughs> Thank you. You too. And I just wanted to say like the work that you girls are doing to help, um, you know, children to identify how they're different. Um, you know, I had a similar experience growing up Hispanic, you know, Hispanic female in a mostly white environment, um, at different times. And, you know, that level of confusion, I know I'm different, but I don't know why I'm being treated different, but I don't know why. You know, things aren't working for me, but I don't know why. <clears throat> I just think it's so important that you guys are helping to, you know, for younger people to figure that out sooner. The sooner we understand who we are, what our identity is and how we're seen, 
the bigger players we can be in the game, you know? So this is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Humongous. Yeah. Magnanimous. It, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> it really is though. I, I completely agree. It's it, and honestly, every, every, every point that all three of you just made, um, it, it everything that is going into life right now into this into this year into this world um, is really important very integral to what's going on in, in the overall system into our society um, we're at a point now I think as Ivy earlier mentioned kind of you know a lot of people are referring this to like the end times and then I think it's I think it's a really interesting conversation to bring that up as we wrap up here. Um, is the end times, you know, what are the end times? What do they look like? And, and the thing is right now we refer this to the end times, but who knows one day when it actually is the end time, will it actually be like this or will it be chill and calm? Maybe we're all emotional like myself. Um, <laughs> who knows? But um, I, I think it's, I think anything starts right here. You know, a conversation like this, being able to have a discussion, a, a recap on everything that we've talked about and, and everything that um, we might talk about in the future and, and be able to just recap together and come together as a community, um, as a society and be able to discuss these topics and to be able to, to kind of realize what has actually guided us all along yet has never really been recognized as such. And a lot of the things that you three have will do and are doing are things that um, really are ha have guided our, our society throughout the get go. Um, but once again, you have been listening to the Identity Podcast. End of rant. Um, <laughs> it has been the On Religion series finale, part one. That's right, only part one. You get to see us once again for part two. Come next week, exciting stuff. Cannot wait for part two. I tell you, it is going to be. Fun, capital F-U-N. Um, great, great stuff. Uh, we have Mehdi and Mubina, also known as Medina TV, next week, as well as Professor James Lynch, all on the show. It's going to be a great trifecta. It's, I'm really excited. That will be at 9 p.m. Eastern, though. Um, so stay tuned for that. As always, stay tuned for all of our promos on Instagram and everything else out there, as well as we continue to uh, relay information to you every single week for us. Don't forget to follow Ninja Mommy on all her social media pages, as well as I and even Ivy as well. Ask Ivy. Check out all their social media pages. And uh, don't forget to like us on Facebook at Find Your ID NYC and by, on Instagram by the same name. And don't forget to check out our YouTube page, The X Shows. We are live every single Wednesday at 7.15 p.m. Eastern time for the Identity Podcast. We are also on TikTok, YouTube, and Twitter, so check us out. And check out the Identity Podcast on all streaming platforms. That's right. We are on all streaming platforms all now. No need, no need to to recite every single one when I can just say all streaming platforms. That's good. <laughs> and if you want to sponsor us, you can actually sponsor us. Uh, you you can in fact sponsor us if you love the Identity Podcast. Email us at press at findyouridnyc.com. It has been real. It has been fun. And I tell you, it's been really fun. That's for certain. Uh, for here, I am so corny. Um, <laughs> for. <laughs> For the identity podcast, but um, it, it's been it's been a lot of fun. And as Ty as Tyreek Tarek said earlier, um, it, it, we have some exciting stuff. In fact, merch is 
officially out. That link is in our bio on Facebook and on Instagram. So definitely check that out. And it's also in the comment section here. If you um, are perusing through the comment section on our Facebook or YouTube, you can find that there too. Merch link is there via Teespring Identity Podcast. Go buy your Identity Podcast. Identity podcast, mugs, socks, fanny packs, anyone? Um, pretty cool stuff. Uh, more than face masks. Yep, face masks, t shirts, um, other colors and different items, um, pins, phone cases, all that stuff also um, coming soon as well. But we have a few items out already. Very excited to go ahead and release that to the public. Once again, 2021, very exciting stuff for all of us. We are looking ahead for the Identity Podcast. And after next week's show, the final part for the Unreligion series, we'll be moving into environmentalism. We're very excited to touch into that come February and even in March with sustainability as well. Well, I think that's all I have to say. End of end of topics and discussion and everything I, I always have to talk about. But <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank thank you all three of you so much for being on, being on the show yet again, and, and for just being you. I am so honored to know you even virtually and, and to, to have this connection with you and, and to know all of you. And, and to announce, we've officially announced our partnership with Ivy. Um, and and uh, we're very excited to begin that over the course of this week and into next week as well. Um, so stay tuned for all of those um, promotional posts as, as we we gear up to to connect with each other. And, and just thank you everyone for listening and watching the Identity Podcast. It's been a great time and we will catch you next week 